Welcome to Fresh Pressed for January 12th, 2021. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and subterranean grooves. We nailed that intro. I just want to say that. And we haven't done this this in so long. So it's a good omen. Andrew, new year, new leaf. This is marvelous. You were prepared. <laughs> you with know it. the classic the classic saying, new year, new leaf. Or something like that. Well, we're back. It's already, it's already going really well, and there have been no bad parts of the first two weeks of 2021. Yeah, 2021 has just been smooth. Um, wow, I can't even joke about this. Let's just let's move on to the mu- music. Andrew, our theme for this week is the basement, or just basement. Now, basements are an integral part of music culture, so I suppose it does work from that angle. Yep. But also, uh, something about this being a great noun, as recommended by a friend. How did that go? Uh, yeah, we we didn't have an idea for this episode. So, um, uh, my friend Anna's birthday is uh, on Wednesday, so the day after this episode comes out. And so I texted her the other day to ask what her favorite noun was. And she said she was not, she's not certain, but in the running, she said, is uh, the word basement. So that's where we're at. Happy birthday, Anna. Here's my gift to you. Well, Andrew, if I were to walk to that basement, what would I find? That sounds like a very cumbersome pickup line that I don't like. <laughs> Uh, well, what do you got down in that basement there, Andrew? <laughs> nope, that's worse. That made it a little bit less cumbersome and a lot more uh, dislikable. Okay, okay. Segue, segue, segue. Andrew, we're putting on a basement show for all our friends in 2022 when we can see friends again. And what song do you put on? Okay, that was a little bit better. How does this podcast work? I don't know. Apparently, we, there's a lot of segue... Uh, issues that we have in general and i've always had an issue with the segue damn it i was gonna make a better joke than that that's terrible yeah it's too bad i was gonna say that you know the inventor did die on a segue anyway whatever tell me about your song a hilarious joke about death uh anyway um (laughs) my song is called down in the basement from uh, an EP of the same name by the Mauskovich Dance Band. The Mauskovich Dance Band is a band who makes dance music from Amsterdam and the guy who started his last name is Mauskovich. Okay, that makes sense. That's very straightforward. Three of the other four members of the band have also taken on the name Mauskovich, although they that is not their uh, individual surnames. But I, I'm pretty sure they're all cousins. Now, what do you mean taking on the name Mauskovich? F- for the purpose of being in the Mauskovich dance band. 
I see. So like their stage name is like Wilhelm Mauskovich, even though Wilhelm. Yeah. Wilhelm I mean, I like could give you examples, but let's just assume. Let's just pretend like one of them is named Wilhelm Mauskovich. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So it's Nikola Mauskovich is the original, and then Donny Mauskovich, M. Nix Mauskovich, Mano Mauskovich, and Juan Hundred. Now. You, I feel like if you're going to go for this bit, you really need to go for it all the way. There's bit left on the table. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, I can't find a lot of info about them, but I believe that all of the uh, Mauskovich's real and assumed are actually cousins, and 100 is not related to the family, but he is a uh, a producer and percussionist who joined the band... Um, a little bit after its inception. I see. I see. Okay, that makes sense. And this band does definitely need a good percussionist. So I could see that person being fairly irreplaceable. They can't kick them out of the band for not taking the last name Mouskovich because like the whole band is about grooves and percussions. Yes, and uh, he's not the only percussionist. Actually, uh, Nikola Mouskovich, the, the creator, is also a percussionist. So... Um, that probably the the uh, 40% percussionist content of this band uh, greatly influences the style of music. Let me name these people uh, as they're named on their website, not on the band camp, because they are Marnix Mouskovich, Mono Mouskovich, Chocolate Space Donnie, and 100, and Nikola Mouskovich. Now, when you said Chocolate Space Donnie, is the space like a literal space character, or that's that's part of the name, like the word space, like S-P-A-C-E? How about if I say it like this? Is this going to make it clearer? Chocolate, space, 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 Donnie. That does make it more clear. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah, I don't know what their deal is, but they are uh, Dutch musicians um, who play this uh, sort of fusion of Afro-Caribbean dance styles. Um, Afro-Caribbean and uh, Afro-Latin, I guess we should say. Some of the styles that they dabble in afro-columbian like cumbia right which i don't know a lot about but is a an afro-columbian dance and music style now i could totally be blowing this but i'm going to take a stab out with some of my knowledge and say that this track that you've brought down in the basement is not a cumbia track it doesn't have the characteristic cumbia like percussion line rhythm that's yes so that's that's exactly the thing that i was trying to find because i don't know anything about cumbia and so i I could not find anywhere that would give me like a here is what the cumbia beat is because that's normally what you get with a with like a folk dance music style okay so I'll, i'll just say this the cumbia that i am familiar with tends to be slower than this Mm. and it's like more like kind of beat this is very latin in style but i wouldn't call it i mean like this yeah i don't know maybe i just don't know enough about cumbia like maybe like six or seven years ago and i knew more about cumbia i feel like i once knew more about cumbia i've forgotten more about cumbia than you've ever known yeah i I think that instinct is probably right though because they're not trying to say like we are a traditional cumbia band obviously because they're five dudes from amsterdam um but they play in the style and uh interpolate a variety of those afro-latin styles the island. 
lot of songs about basements that are sort of sad and or shoegazy or just very depressed. But I love this little like down in the basement of our, I think he's saying, they're saying like dance place. It's hard to tell what there's what 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 is being sung or sort of chanted, but I think they're saying down in the basement of our dance place, which is very which is very Dutch phrasing, um, but charming in that way. Yeah, my Dutch is is really not very good these days. So I used to know more Dutch like seven or eight years. Well, ago. no, they're singing they're singing in English. It was a bad joke. That's fine. We'll just move along. I, I know what language they're singing in. I do I do know my English. My English is pretty good, although it may also have been better seven or eight years ago. <laughs> uh, he does say we usually use English or different languages. I mean, our Dutch English, not necessarily perfectly spoken English. Um, so that explains why they're saying down in the basement of our dance place. But yeah, you get that like basement party kind of feel where... You can't necessarily hear every instrument perfectly clearly, but you can definitely feel the beat. where you live even have a basement um my basement is also my garage that doesn't make any sense well there is a floor that is partially subterranean beneath the main living space but it also contains the place where we put our cars does it exclusively contain the place where you put your put your guitars? Is what I was about to say. No, it also contains like the trash bins and laundry machines, both washer and dryer. I think that's just I think that's just a garage. I don't think that's a basement. But I go down to it, and it's definitely underground. Well, yeah, but I go down to the first floor of my house. That doesn't make that the basement. Listen, there are no tornadoes in California, so we don't need basements. This is that's exactly why I asked the question. But and yet you seem to have found some sort of basement related song, even lacking a basement yourself, which is, you know, quite a feat. Um, it, it definitely is. Well, so once please I'm, tell us about it. God damn it. This song is titled simply Basement <laughs> um, by the band Real Estate from their 2010 mm, EP. Should I have done some sort of real estate segue? Yeah, that would have been way better. That's where I thought you were going. Ah, oh, jeez. Instead, you went about... Wow, cal- d- I'm going to edit out the part at the beginning of this episode where I congratulate us on doing so well after being gone so long. No, it's good. It's funnier now. It's funnier now. Uh, we really got to <laughs> lean into the irony. Um, this is off their 2010 EP titled Reality. estate would be familiar with basements because they are from new jersey Mm, okay and new jersey is pretty close to where i grew up and i'm fairly sure they have basements in new jersey 
Oh, and also New Jersey is generally known as the basement of the United States. Wow, brutal. Just absolutely out of left field. I'm oh, kidding. Man. They're not. They're known as the armpit. That's true. That's true. At the time of the recording of this EP, their lineup was Martin Courtney, Matthew Mondaniel, Alex Bleeker, and Etienne Duguay. Um, although that's changed slightly, they have a new drummer, so Etienne Duguay left, and Matthew Mondaniel got kicked out of the band in like 2016 or 2017 because um, because of sexual assault allegations. So uh, the band did not want. Yikes. Yeah, like pretty understandable. That's a yeah, it's a reason you get kicked out of a band. Interestingly, Andrew Martin Courtney, who is the main songwriter and singer and guitar, one of the guitarists for the band, um, also played keys for Titus Andronicus, mm-hmm. also known as the most New Jersey band of all time. Yeah. Um, this came out after their safe self-titled debut LP and before Days, which came out in 2011, which was their big kind of, uh, I think, like breakout record, certainly when I became familiar with them. A big part of their sound is like this hazy indie rock that's kind of summery in feel, like it's like warm. Um, and this song is like exactly that aesthetic. But the lyrics always tend to be like, kind of moody and like uh you know middle class ennui style new jersey yeah i'm just what i'm trying to say is this band is new jersey as a band and i appreciate that and even you know yeah. even the lyrics are about new jersey sort of you know like i was on a stony beach watching the seabirds fly that's mm. uh that's very new jersey kind of feel you know we've all been to stone harbor or wherever they've got well i wouldn't say we all i mean we all if you mean you and i have both been to stone harbor but it's sort of weird to say we all have been to stone harbor listen andrew who hasn't been to stone harbor but i think this is a great track and i also liked that it wasn't like sad shoegaze or just like post-punk which is kind of what most of the basement songs were and real estate was a band i was very into especially in like early college um djing for my radio station, I would put them on fairly regularly. The standout like instrumentation on this track is the guitars, um, which are mm-hmm. mo- mainly done by yeah Martin Courtney um, and Alex Bleeker's on the bass. And I love the way they interact. And there's like this slide guitar sound going on. Um, but the way the song is constructed, there's like multiple guitars overlaying each other, and then the bass kind of all holding it together at the bottom. Which does create like an imagery of like I think waves rolling up onto some New Jersey beach, not like Wildwood or anything like that. You know, Stone Harbor is like probably a better beach to name some more New Jersey beaches, please, Gabe. Um, Cape May, Ocean City, Atlantic yeah. City. Yeah, that's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Those are more. all the beaches that we would go to. I also just like how the vocals are set back and kind of subsumed into the sound of the song. Lyrically, Andrew, 
this song is about high school, I think. Which Classic New Jersey pastime. Is they love really, high school there. yeah. They, I mean, they do. They do. They're we- Andrew. They're weird in New Jersey. Do we have any listeners from New Jersey? I mean, who knows? But like this idea of like slowly uh, wasting away in a classroom and also having like social anxiety in school and then like on the bus also like the existential ennui thing. I didn't get much time on the East Coast. I I didn't get any time on the East Coast for these past holidays. So I'm really just searching for my New Jersey, I suppose. Love that John Green book. Let's talk about some really good music. Like this album that you found that I did not even know about, but is beautiful. Yeah, so this, uh, the song that I have picked is called I Noticed, and it is the penultimate track on the debut album from Sam Yield. That album is entitled Terra Australis. This album is on the Plastic Miracles label, which is Oceanator's label. Uh, I heard the singles and a couple other non-album singles that Sam Yield has put out over the last couple months and really loved them. So this was one of the, uh, you know, there's not a lot of albums that came out this first week of the year, uh, but this was one that I've been uh, looking forward to for a while. It's it's really beautiful and folky and soft and uh, tender, intimate uh, I got to say, it, it gives me very strong uh, Sufjan vibes, a particular subset of Sufjan that is obviously not what he's more into nowadays. We've talked about Sufjan before and how uh, he swings between kind of folkier and electronic This is more Carrie and Lowell Sufjan, and I definitely see that, especially lyrically. Yes, I would say it is more. it's more the folky side, which Carrie and Lowell does fall into. If I had to pick a particular Sufjan album, I would probably pick like seven swans or something that's even a little more stripped down and a little less uh, grand in scope um, than Carrie and Lowell. But whatever, we're not talking about Sufjan Stevens. We're talking about Sam Yield. So um, this whole album is really lovely. And one of the things that's really drawn me in is, are the lyrics. And it's, it's sort of weird that I said that because the lyrics in this song are quite brief. But I want to first talk about the lyrics throughout the the whole album. The instrumental parts tend to be simple, not simplistic, but not overcomplicated um, in order to to put the focus on the lyrics, I think, which is a style of songwriting that I very much enjoy. Um, And he even does this with the three um, instrumental tracks on the album uh, because each of those take brief phrases from other songs on the album to use as their title so 
one of the uh, instrumental tracks is called Fire is the Atom of the World, which is a line from one of one of the other songs on the album. Yeah, that's a really neat twist. And also makes, I always thought that the naming of instrumental tracks was very nebulous. You're right. This makes it, this sort of grounds it in something where you have like a context, a thing to connect it to. Exactly. I love when uh, an album is structured to be self-referential in some way like this, like this is. You know, I think the last time I talked about that at length was for Lamelda's Hannah, where there were lyrics that were shared uh, between songs, between titles. Um, and so this is sort of a, a different take on that, where you you have like a 90 second instrumental track that is almost like a little like illustration of a particular moment in a previous song or an elaboration of that moment. This song I noticed has, like I said, not much in terms of lyrics the lyrics are once i was a secret word i had not been spoken till you said my name that is when i noticed and then the line i'm at home with you is uh, repeated throughout the ending and those lyrics are very simple and it's you know it's a immediately understandable sentiment but what i think makes this song really special to me is that i think the long instrumental intro of this song and how that then blends into the sung portion and through the end illustrates that short five-line story or poem in the two minutes of music. There's this really beautiful guitar part that it opens up with that to me is very much about texture more than, let's say, melody or something like that. And that to me is that like something that hasn't been spoken right it's it's something that is more nebulous to use a word that you just used Gabe um, and so that's illustrated through this um, more abstract guitar part and then uh, it transitions into a folkier uh, kind of more more melodic and more uh, rhythmic kind of section that to me is the saying of the name what it changes into is it, it sets the stage for the song to, to really open up. When the words come in, there's just like a repeated note at the bottom and things come up on top of it. It sets the stage for the song to expand back into something that is more, more complex like the beginning of the song was, but now that feels like it has some direction. This took a more symbolic and biblical turn than I expected, I guess. That's what you get when you don't interject by making fun of me for too long. I, I, I just wanted to see where you were going to wander to, you know? Um, and, I mean, you found God, so that's good. It's always, it's always a good place to end up. I want to disagree with you slightly. Yeah, please. Didn't feel like that guitar part was very abstract. In my notes about the song, I put down the phrase, sounds as if the guitar is singing, which is what it sounds like to me. It sounds like the guitar is... I When I first listened to the song, I didn't expect there to be any vocals at all. I thought it was just going to be an instrumental track. And I was like, oh, nice. Like The work that he's doing with the guitar really makes the guitar sound like it has a voice. And um, like anthropomorphizes it 
I don't mm, I I don't know that I disagree with that. It's just that I think that the the total effect to me is more textural, especially in comparison to the other guitar parts in the rest of the song. I think that's true, but it it almost transitions from being like an instrumental track where the entire focus is the guitar to then being I mean it becomes just a prelude to some extent, right? Because of the vocals coming in. Yes. I agree. But I thought, I, to me, it felt like the vocals were like a a response and a continuation of what the guitar was saying, was singing. Yeah, I think I am also saying that, though. Okay, all right. Well, maybe we're... T- See, we're agreeing. Look, listen, like I said, we always agree. <laughs> We've never disagreed. I think maybe my point is that I found the interplay, both in sections and then as a whole, very interesting between the guitar and the voice. Yeah, I just I just found this album to be really beautiful, um, and it's exactly the kind of thing that I'm into, and exactly the kind of uh, lovely thing to start my year off with. That is when I For the theme, I had the party track, and you had the quiet track. And for the new tunes, I had the quiet track. Now, please uh, take us to the party. Such beautiful parallelism. This is If I Know from Nubian Twist featuring K.O.G. More specifically, this is really chiasmus. You know, this is bizarre because I swear... Didn't you use chiasmus on your other podcast's podcast recently? You definitely did. I believe I did. This is too much English uh, terms. No more English. Let's stick to just the music. <laughs> what can I say? I'm a big fan of the last sentence of James Joyce's st- short story, The Dead. And that's where I learned the word chiasmus. And I've been into it ever since. It is a great word. Um, anyway, chiasmus is a form of parallelism. I stand by what I said. That's what I said. I said more specifically, this is chiasmus. Oh, okay. All right. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> Again, yeah, we're just, we listen, think we're, we're disagreeing, we're but we are in fact in agreement. <laughs> We're probably also in agreement that this track fucking rocks. Um, it's great. It is been, yeah, it's probably been like a month since our last Afrobeat track, so it seems appropriate that uh, I bring another um, band, an artist, um, centered around these ideas of African fusion with jazz and um, hip-hop and the UK soul scene, just a really diverse blending of music um, that this band brings together. So, Nubian Twist is based out of London and Leeds in the United Kingdom. Their membership has ranged from like 10 to 12 members. I think right now they list themselves as a 10-piece group. 
um, whose names I have been very unable to find specifically, which is bizarre. But um, I spent like a good chunk of time being like, I kind of want everybody's names, and it's not on their website, it's not on their band camp, it's not in like any interviews. I've, anyway, whatever. However, um, Tom XL is one of the percussionists and sort of the producer and uh, front person to the group, which is comprised of, you know, keys, DJ, percussion, uh, at least three horn players. It is very much a modern day big band jazz ensemble Mm -hmm. this song if i know is off their upcoming album um which is scheduled to drop in march titled freedom fables and this is like maybe the fourth single they've put out off um, the record they tend to collaborate with a variety of different artists in the past they've worked with like mulatto astatke and and other such artists um on this track they are collaborating with KOG, um, which stands for Kweku of Ghana, um, who is obviously a Ghanaian singer and rapper, um, who brings a really like distinct flavor to the vocals on the song. Andrew, this has all of the characteristics of a great Afrobeat track between the percussion and lightning fast, super tight horns. Oh, the horns are great. They are really phenomenal, and they're both excellent as like exclamation marks on musical phrases, and there's also a really wonderful tenor sax solo um, on this track. But I think the most interesting part about this song to me is how the vocals on the track serve as like a counterbalancing feel to the horns the whole time. So in some sections of the song, which has like kind of various discrete ideas happening in it, we'll have the vocals like singing some melodic piece and then the horns providing like these these hits that are very like bursty and bright. And then we'll also have sections of the song where there are just the horns playing or like on the sax solo. And in the background, you have vocals providing uh, like those same percussive bright hits sort of in the background. Yeah. And I like that like transition feel where they're just balancing each other, but in different ways throughout the whole song. And it makes the song feel very live, like you're in... The, the the recording space and that people are just having a great time and yelling when they want to and and playing their trumpet like perfectly it's the kind of song that the band sounds like they're having fun i'm having fun listening to it it's just uh, an expression of joy <laughs> Awesome drum breaks that happen, which are very characteristic of many forms of uh, like African music. I think particularly West African music. Um, mm-hmm. 
where you'll have like the drums will change from you know like their normal backbeat rhythms to like a uh, very upfront like sometimes you get like a ba da ba 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 and then it'll change the song will then change and the rhythm of the song will then change and the feel will change and that happens several different times with the song you know we move through different sections like beyond just this idea of the horns and the vocals swapping places like musically in the in the space of the track we also have this like spoken word like rap section that's very mellow and has kind of a spare psychedelic feel underneath of it and like at the end there's like this beautiful open section that like ends the song with a really like relaxed uh vibe as opposed to kind of the front of the song which is like going for it and interspersed through in there you have kind of these drum break ideas not necessarily in full but at least in part which indicate these transitions which is a really cool blending of the different musical ideas that come from all of the genres that have influenced this group. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's even like a full false ending in the middle of this song where it really comes to a head and you're like, it's over. No, it's not. It's still the second half of the song. And that's when you get more into those more, like that's when it transitions and sets up for the the real ending, which is going to be a little more chill, like you said. But um, yeah, the couple of times that I've listened to this song today, I was like, Oh, it's over. Oh, what? Yeah, this is one of these songs that feels like it should end on like some big horn, like unison, like rhythmic feet, like like blast. Um, but it does deceive in that way, and instead, like exits sort of quietly, which is surprising but like lovely, and it leaves me feeling like just like warm. so it's still fairly spare on the new music front um but did you have any other um, albums or singles that you wanted to highlight from this past week Uh, i do actually the first thing that i do want to mention is before the end of the year on christmas eve one of my favorite bands ever slaughter beach dog did put out another album oh yeah i'm pretty sure i said in the episode before like the episode that we did before christmas like we're recording the end of year episode like pretty early, so like something crazy happens. We won't know about it. Sort of a joke. And then like one of my favorite bands put out an album between the time when we recorded the episode and when the episode came out. Um, but yeah, that's called At the Moon Base. It's really lovely, and it also the last track references my beloved, dearly departed Boot and Saddle. So that was that was really nice to hear. Um, there was a record from Casper Clausen titled Better, Better Way, that I thought was pretty good. Um, not outstanding, but pretty good. The Stereo Gum review of it really heavily compares it to Bono from U2, so maybe that's why I liked it. <laughs> okay. Um, another label that I love, Oof Records, um, a new band called Thank You, Thank You, put out their debut EP called Next to Nothing. I'd heard, I think, two of the singles from that like five or six track album. And it was it's it's really lovely. I really I really like it a lot. 
There's a Philly group that put out another single. Um, they're t- they're called the Sonderbombs, and the single is just called K. Period. Yeah, K. Per- lowercase K. Period. I think that's pretty important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as if you were to receive that as a text. Yes. They absolutely channel like my favorite bits of Paramore. Um, <laughs> It's, uh, there's a lot of Haley Williams in it. Um, it's very good. Um, new album from Jasmine Sullivan called Hotels. Oh not yeah, really. Uh, my not my jam. Not really uh, the jam. Not really the genre of this podcast, or the any of the genres of this podcast. But I thought it was pretty good. I haven't listened to it all the way, but I really liked what I've heard. And there's also a record from Viagra Boys called Welfare Jazz, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is exactly the kind of thing that I would mostly enjoy and andrew would despise so i didn't despise it it. i was fine with it yeah okay and so if you prefer my music taste to andrew's you should listen to it and if you don't you should still listen to it you should probably still listen to it it's good try new things (laughs) (laughs) the last album that i want to mention is mono neon uh put out a very funky album oh really entitled banana peel on capitol hill with a track called slipping on a banana peel at capitol hill came out on january 4th wow and then two days later people were like hey so (laughs) he's like this is a cool funky album it's very good amazing you should check it out if you haven't gabe i i will i like mono neon i didn't know there was a new new album well then that's it for the first episode of 2021 from yours truly thanks for tuning in um you can find us on twitter at fresh pressed pod we are starting up a new playlist of tunes because the old one was getting really big. So this is going to be 2021 exclusive Fresh Press tracks, um, which I will drop. Well, actually, Andrew will drop in the show notes. Then we'll be back on January 19th with more tunes and more grooves. But for now, my name is Gabe. My name is Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Press. Fresh Press.